you are enough. You are chosen. You are worthy. You are precious. You are important. And today is your day. Don't forget to start the day waking with the word. Good morning. Welcome to Waking with the Word. This discussion may be added into a series that will be on prayer. But for today, I just want to talk basically and briefly about prayer. Prayer, it has been said, is what connects us with God. Prayer, it has been explained, is us bringing our information to God. But prayer has also been described as God speaking to us. As I have walked with God, went through my experience of life here on this earth, I've been very grateful for the fact that I have found God's promises to be so incredibly true, real, solid. He genuinely has been my rock, my salvation, my defence in so many ways and times. He's been my deliverer. He's been my reprover, my disciplinarian. He's been so wonderful to me. He's given me grace, but his grace is himself pouring who he is into me, into my existence, into my life. And one of the things that has been incredibly wonderful, but also a trying and challenging and a hard experience has been to find that God is real love. He is the love that will not leave me in a mess. He is the love who will still love me in my mess. But he is forever the one who is wanting me to see my mess and desiring to impart to me an ability, an ability that is him. There is within prayer a a function that God himself uses, acts in, activates perhaps is a better word, to bring about change. And the change is for my betterment. There are many scriptures in which we find Several different words, but one of the words is hoopa. I am unsure whether I am pronouncing that word correctly, but it is hoopa in the Greek. H-O-O-P-E-R is the transliteration for that word, in case you're interested. Now this word, it is the word that is used in the scripture that says, Now to he who is able... And the word able there means who is possible, who can. But I just love that 
translation, now to him who is possible. Because you see, nothing is impossible with God. God is possible. To him who is able to do more. And then later in that scripture, we have the word exceedingly. In fact, the language is exceedingly abundantly more than we could ask or think. The word exceedingly is hooper. And it actually means not just only above or beyond, but it means on behalf of or for the sake of or concerning. And the flow of the word is actually to extend benefit or help that reaches beyond the present situation and also is best translated as, apparently, for the betterment or advantage of. This word focuses on benefit. It can also mean very highly, very chiefly. Obviously, it can mean more than. But what I love is that the flow of the word actually means for the betterment or advantage of. What has become apparent to me over the years of in my frailty and humanity walking with God is that very often I have disassociated prayer from relationship with God. Not deliberately so, and I have found that actually as I have lived out my life, I've lived out a relationship between me and God. But I do not remember being taught how much prayer is literally connected to, inherently, intrinsically woven into, and brings about for us a relationship with God. There are many scriptures where Jesus said, stand at the door and knock, if you will invite me in, I will come in and sup with you. And I've said so many times that the actual meaning of that word sup is to give nutrition. But you see, when you sup with someone, you eat with them. And both people eat, both people have an experience of that meal. Eating is a very spiritual thing. We often have food when we gather together. We have food on first dates. We have food at funerals and food at weddings. And it's often said in the church, if you want people to come to an event, put on food. Food is a very symbolic thing in the scriptures going right back to the Garden of Eden, where Adam and Eve took in, they picked up and took and bit and digested a fruit that God asked them not to. And it's a symbolism. It's a symbolism of where I make my choices and how I make my choices in life. And 
Do I decide just from what I hear? Do I decide just from what I see? Do I decide just by what it looks like, what people tell me, what my mind decides to tell me? How do I judge this world? How do I judge my life? Do I include the spiritual? And how do I see the spiritual? Do I see this person who is God as being bigger and greater and wiser than me? Or do I see that he's not there? Or do I just exclude him? Or do I not trust him? And a lot of religious groups, in my experience, would have us blindly listen and blindly believe something and blindly come in this relationship that is called prayer and blindly say well he has said it so that's uh, that's it for me and thank god for those things that he has said and thank god for the times where we do and are able to blindly know that we are blindly meant to just blindly follow but god made us with a mind and he gave us an incredible desire and not just even a desire an incredible ability to think even in that scripture i just spoke about he is possible to do more than you could ask or think and the word think in that scripture literally means to be able to perceive, to be able to understand. You may be able to hear the pages of my journal here because this morning this scripture was in my quiet time. It means to consider, to conceive, to possibly realise to apply mental effort needed to reach the bottom line conclusions is the way one scholar has put it. It underlines our moral capacity that we all have before God for making every decision, value or judgment. And the reason that God can hold us accountable is because he made us in his divine image. That means we possess the inherent capacity by the Lord to examine moral reasoning. So, when Eve, and indeed when Adam, digested that fruit, it wasn't that they were not meant to listen to any suggestion. It wasn't that they were not meant to consider with their minds, to seek out and search out. In fact, in the New Testament, we are told to study, to find ourselves approved. And that means to study the word of God, to study the world around us, to study our lives. But what we are not meant to ever have done is to have forgotten who God is within all of that. I recently did some biblical meditation and biblical teaching set to music, which you can find on our YouTube page under biblical meditation. 
And in this, I spoke about remembering who he is. I spoke about how the mind habitually assesses this world without the reality of who God is, because the mind is of this world. And when we cut off that relationship that is prayer in the same way as God first intended it to be, which was a flow, it says God would come down into the garden and the spirit of God, it's always the spirit of God because God is spirit and spirit is like wind. It, it will go where it will go. It is free and flowing and abundant. You know, it can blow you away or it can breathe that fresh breeze on a hot day. The spirit of God is like the air that we breathe. It's not disassociated from our lives from our circumstances or situations. It's not something that is outside, but something that is within. And prayer is really being part of that relationship. And because that relationship is within us, Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is within you. The change that he makes is within us. And this is why so often when we begin to pray, we can almost feel that things begin to get worse. Because God is forever wanting to make a change within me. He wants to be within me, within the circumstance and the situation. That doesn't mean that I won't see Almighty God do something in my circumstance and my situation, because he is the one who has bent heaven and earth for me on many occasions. But if he just bends heaven and earth for me, and there is no change within me, then I truly have lost so much, so much that I have found because he has been so committed and so faithful to this change within me in my whole life. Whatever I think or feel, he can confer benefit for the betterment and the improvement of me and my circumstance and my situation. And I want to go one step further and say that this relationship of prayer, it is actually him being the benefit for the betterment and the improvement of me. We pray often about the outside. We pray often about our experience here on earth, but God is being invited in. And he's being invited in either just to a circumstance or he's being invited in to me. But this God, from the very beginning of time, was not meant to be disassociated from me. There was not meant to be a prayer that said, God, do something about that. The prayer was always meant to be God being me, God and me, God and me, God and me. And since that is to do with me, then God will be in that as well. The scripture says to bring our information to God. So many times we are asked to cast our cares before God, which is actually where 
The one translation of those Greek words can mean to bring your information to God. Pray about everything. Again, bring your information to God. In Proverbs 16, verse 3, we're told to commit your works unto the Lord and, and your thoughts will be established. Well, that word commit, which we find so often when we're asked to bring our information to God, means to roll or to roll away, to take away, to remove, to trust, to lay wallowing. I thought the word lay wallowing was quite interesting there because I've always heard the phrase, oh, he's wallowing in it. But actually, wallowing doesn't just mean complaining. Wallowing means to lay around and roll in something. Commit. Roll away. Roll and trust your works. Now, the word works there means a deed, an accomplishment, an achievement, an action, an activity, a concern, a design, a conduct, a practice, a vocation, things, things that are done, things that are made, work, work quota, workmanship, wart, yield. An action, whether good or bad, is where this word came from. Roll everything that concerns you to the Lord. Trust it all to the Lord. And I'm going to get back to the relationship part of prayer in a moment, because this, this is where sometimes we disassociate prayer from relationship. But you can't have prayer without relationship, because prayer is not just a bringing of information. Prayer is a knowing the one I trust with that information. And I want to, in a moment, point out that the knowing that person is a much deeper thing than just knowing who he is or knowing about him or being sure of who he is. Because prayer is really a pact. It's that old word again, covenant. Nowadays, we call it partnership, but someone once said to me, partnership takes away from what covenant really is. It's a coming together. Although you are rolling this, although you allow your cares, your worries, your achievements, your ambitions, your vocation, your work, your work quota, your confusion, your sadness, your grievances, your impossibilities to lay wallowing in front of only him, to let them roll in front of him, to remove them from being your responsibility. In doing so, you are coming into a covenant with him that I will talk about a bit more in a moment. The scripture that we are talking about, Proverbs 16, says that if I do this, then my thoughts will be established. And the word thought there is also interesting because it means designs, desires, intentions, plans, plots, purposes, schemes, thoughts, ways, cunning work, curious work, imagination, invented, purpose, thoughts, even my imaginations. 
will be established. But the word established is to stand firm, to aim to a point, to be carried, to be certain, to be definite, to be confirmed, to be counted, to be determined, to direct, to direct your right, to fashion, to be fashioned, to be full, to get yourself ready, to be installed, to make it ready, to make preparations, to make provision, to maintain its position, to set, to be steadfast, to strengthen, to endure. It comes from prim a primitive root, which means to be erect, to stand perpendicular. And figuratively, it means to appoint, to render sure, to be prosperous and to tarry. If I roll my work, I roll what I have to do. If I roll my responsibilities, if I roll what is my situation here on earth to the Lord. And if I allow those things to lay wallowing in his trust, in his hands, and remove the stress and the burden from myself, then he will make my thoughts, my imaginations, my plans, my plots to stand, to stand perpendicular, to be prosperous. But you see, but you see this scripture taken on its own is a great example of how we can take prayer on its own away from where prayer is actually encompassed and how it really truly breathes and what it really truly is and come up with an, an understanding that is so not real and also so much less than what prayer was meant to be. I take this scripture, Proverbs 16, verse 3, and I explain it on its own. And we have here the understanding that if I will take what troubles me and my responsibility on earth and I will roll it to God, then any of my imaginations, plots, thoughts or desires will just be prosperous. And you can't ignite God without igniting power. So we will find some truth in these things. Like Mary at the wedding of Canaan, where she put the situation with the wine firmly into Jesus's hands. And he said, it's not my time. And she just, she just looks at the servants and she says, whatever he says, do it. Challenging Jesus there and then with the responsibility, putting it into his hands, he will deal with it. But you see, Mary did that because Mary had a relationship with Jesus. And I can function in prayer without being grounded in prayer. I can use prayer without prayer having the real effect on me that prayer is. I'm going to go so far as to say prayer is God. 
Prayer is a relationship with God. When I was younger, I, to some extent, learned to play the trumpet. I really wanted to play the saxophone, but I was offered a trumpet. So I never really dedicated myself to it, although now I really actually love the sound of the trumpet. It's bright and it's punchy and it's positive. My younger brother, Roger, was also offered the trumpet and he dedicated himself to it. The difference between me and Roger is that I could play the trumpet. But Roger and the trumpet became one. Roger and the trumpet, the trumpet was just Roger. It was just Roger. It's what Roger was. It's what Roger did. Not all of who Roger was, not the only thing that Roger is. But the trumpet was Roger. Because he dedicated himself to it and he gave himself to it. And he spent that time with it. And he, he united with it in a different way to what I did. The notes that I got from the trumpet never sounded like the notes that Roger could get from the trumpet. And we see this in many different things in life. Many different artists and many different people. I want to go back. Although there are so many scriptures to talk about, to the scripture that says, Now to him who is able to do far more, or to do exceedingly, abundantly more than I could ask or think. And I want to tell you the rest of that verse. Now to he who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power that worketh within us. And here in these few words do I find a real description of prayer and do I find the reason why when we pray sometimes things get worse and I don't mean just the circumstance outside of us I can actually genuinely mean the circumstances and the feelings and the inabilities within me according to the power that worketh in us. The word according there means moving from one plane to another, from a higher plane to a lower plane is how it is described. A coming down. To he who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all, and remember the word above means to extend benefit that reaches above the present situation and its benefit for the betterment or advantage of. So to he who is able to extend benefit beyond the present situation and advantage for me beyond the present situation Coming down from 
the higher plane to me in this lower plane of existence as the lower being in the covenant, the one who is created, having a covenant with the creator, the one who is weaker, having a covenant with the one who is stronger. Above all I could ask, and the word ask there literally means to bring my information. It means to petition, to request, to demand, to call, to crave, to desire. And to the one who can extend benefit for the advantage and the betterment and the approval of any situation or the present situation, who can do more than not only what I ask, but what I think, which is to perceive, to understand, to consider, to conceive, to apprehend, to possibly realise. To have this ability, as I said before, to mentally apply effort and reach bottom line conclusions, to have this ability to be held accountable because I have the divine ability to reason and to reason out moral issues to him who has the possibility of making any circumstance better than I could ever imagine or ever ask for, ever even understand according to the power that worketh in us according to the power coming down to me and what power is this power that is supposed to be coming down to me within the circumstance well it's power to achieve through the lord's inherent ability this word is dynamis and it's used 120 times apparently in the New Testament, it's a very important word apparently because what it really means is the power of God within me. His miraculous might, his miraculous strength, him in me, which we know in the scriptures is described as the hope of glory. Why is he able to do more than I could imagine and understand and do more than I could ever ask or petition him to do. Because his power comes from a higher plane and it comes down to a lower being and it comes and works in me. So you see, prayer is not distinct from me. And although I can pick up a trumpet and I can use it, I will never play it. I will never have full benefit of it. I will never hear it as it could be heard in all of its glory, unless I become almost part of that trumpet. There was a boy who came to our Bible college when I was younger, Daniel Ware. And my dad 
used to have him play the trumpet in the singers and he had a great gift for playing the trumpet apparently and I remember my dad once saying that the trumpet was almost part of him that it almost just seemed to grow out of his mouth but this is the relationship that God ordained designed from the beginning of the world with me and so when I pray when I roll my cares, when I invite him in, when I commit to him, when I ask for his existence in my circumstance, he's going to begin to exist on the inside of me. Because what he can do happens as power comes from him down into me and that dynamis is created the power of God on the inside of me because God never made me distinct from him or distinct from the world or distinct from the situation and God sees that everybody in a situation creates a situation adds to a situation and God's desire was always and is always to be in me in the situation and in the circumstance and for me to use all of the abilities that God has given me like the ability to think and to discern to decide and to see and to listen and to hear and to be an individual and to develop and to have skills all of that was designed to be part of who I am within and with and experiencing and living through the circumstance the relationship which is prayer God is prayer. Relationship is prayer. Prayer can be used, but prayer will never be fully experienced apart from a relationship with him. And so this is where it can get hard because as already explained so many times, two cannot walk together unless they agree, as Jesus put it. And where we talk about me and the Holy Spirit walking together, then I have to agree with the Holy Spirit. And so much of us does not. Sometimes I will wake up in the morning and my first thoughts are negativity. But the Holy Spirit is never, ever negative. He will tell me the truth. But the Holy Spirit is the most incredibly powerful being. If you think God does not like you, you are wrong. If you think less of yourself than what God created you to be, you are wrong. And you don't agree with him. And these things he has to change. If you think you are weak, then you are wrong because you were made to be strong. Because you were made to be in this relationship. And you know what? God knows that you are stronger than what you think. Number one, because of dynamus. His ability, his power working within you. And number two, because he made you. Which is why the scripture can so easily say that he will not put a weight upon you that you cannot take. But sometimes weights come to us and we don't think we can take them. And sometimes there's no way we could take them without him. God 
if I give myself to prayer, will begin a work within me so that I will experience the dynamis of his power. The coming together of me and him creates a dynamis. It creates a power, a power that will work for my betterment, for the betterment of my present circumstance and situation in a way and to an end that I could never ask for and that I could never understand, never perceive, never imagine. My dad used to say, God is always doing more. He also used to say, if you're in any work of God, it will always, always go faster than you could expect or slower than you want and be more pressure than you think you can take. And what do we expect when we invite God in? You see, when I invite God in, he will come and he will give nutrition, but he's bigger than me and he's greater than me. And so the nutrition that he will give will be immense. It will be immense, but that doesn't always mean that it's immensely easy, but he gives himself. He gives himself and the change within me is actually him becoming greater where once I relied on myself. There's a scripture that says your life is hidden with Christ in God and I have found a very hard times in my life. He's reminded me of that scripture and so beautifully been so wonderful to me and he has defended me and protected me and worked circumstances on this earth that have so incredibly been miracles for me. But within my life being hid in God, there is this this change. He doesn't just protect me from the outside. He begins to pour himself into the inside. And where my reliance has not been on him and his strength and his ability, for he is God, but has been on myself. Well, that part of me he will begin to allow to break. And he will apply such heavy weights, crushing awfulness I have experienced. To the point where I say, God, I I can't take any more. There's nothing left. Help me. And then he will say, I'm able to confer benefit for your betterment. But it is according to my power coming from me, the higher plane, down to you on the lower plane and working within you. And all of a sudden, that which I have carried is carried by him. And I find myself in a relationship of prayer. And the two have become one. And then so much of the scripture becomes even more alive. Listen to these scriptures. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because 
he trusts in you. Trust ye in the Lord forever on all occasions, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. My soul, my soul waits only upon God, for my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defence, I shall not be moved. God willing more abundantly to show unto heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed within an oath, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before God. So much of scripture becomes alive because we go through a breaking because we roll all that is to do with us and invite him into all that is us and desire to use all of our functions to discern reality, not excluding him. So much becomes alive and we find a weight that we never ever could have ever carried before is not so heavy. Paul said in this experience, not I, but Christ liveth in me and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. There is a promise in scripture because I live you shall live also. And we know that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. So this living is not just an experience here on earth. This living is a real strength in spiritual life. If you then, being risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. And prayer, prayer is that place where I'm hidden. Prayer is that place where everything to do with me is hidden. Prayer is that firm assurance that every single thing is in his hands and that I'm in his hands, and that anything to do with me is in his hands, and my focus 
begins to be on walking with him and agreeing with him and there is a burning and there is a breaking and there is a changing and there is a disciplining and there is a seeing things differently and there can be a sorrow because there is a repentance there is a realization of what i did not know of what i did that was not what he would have or he would want and there is him giving me the information of where I'm bitter or where I'm hateful or where I'm negative or where I'm working against the betterment that he wants to benefit me with and he is always reaching down from that higher plane to me wanting to work within me the dynamics which is his power working in me to enable me to restore me to more than what i would have been ever anyway to bring me further to make me his how can i be his if i am not functioning like him and jesus was not always strong we see that in the cross but he was always on the path to go where god was going and that path was always going towards victory he was overcoming because god reigns and he turns everything round for our good because this world does not change him I want to leave you with the scripture, Psalm 119, verse 116. They shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. They shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Prayer. It's not something we do. It's the very experience of life. If you would like to support our work, you can find details at info at comebacktogod.org.